this is the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being human. And damn near, I need to change that for this episode because it's almost uh, simply being superhuman as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I truly, truly, truly welcome all those who have listened to this podcast before, as well as those who um, are listening for the first time. I am so damn, y'all, y'all, like, I am truly so excited to talk about this. <laughs> While it's fresh on my mind, it is currently 9.15 in the Central of the Standards. And we are about to talk about this. I have with me um, a return guest. Um. Actually, hold on, I'm trying to think. Yeah, just just a single time, right? Yeah, just that one time. Just the one time. Early this year, actually, yeah. him and his entire team who pulled off something so beautiful, so, like, masterfully, uh, the best example of black synergy and creative, creative uh, output, the Gumbo Magazine, the first issue. But I have with me Austin Sellers. Uh, of gumbo media of niggas who juice. <laughs> yes, let's get into it. Yes, yes. Of, of, of just truly uh, of the corner store therapy, um, behind so many different things to truly shape and move um, his current surroundings. That hopefully would change your uh, current surroundings as well. I have with me the incomparable Austin Sellers, bro. I'm so glad. Thank you. you I appreciate here. that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was a good one. I, I do my thing. Yeah, with, yeah. I try to do my thing with yeah, my uh, intros. but steam. Thank you. I, how do you feeling right now first? Woo. <laughs> to say the least, woo. Woo, boy. Yeah, that was a lot. Like That was a journey. And I feel like this whole thing was a journey. whole like thing. It was just like a, it was just like a wave. Bro. For sure. It was truly a journey. If you can't tell by the cover art of this particular episode or the name of this particular episode, I want y'all to understand something. We watched Lovecraft. We were up to date with it. We watched all the episodes. We are here. It is currently October 18th. Yes. Right in, and this thing ended right in spooky season. <laughs> yeah, are, they knew what they was doing. Mid, it's some scary shit right season, here. Yes, scary. Shout out to to Brenda. <laughs> yeah, because golly, bro, HBO is just so. Shout out to all of the efforts and that money really did, yeah. and the budget the dollars, the and dollars. those and the and the black and brown and white folks who was behind putting something like this together. together. Yeah. It was truly incredible. I am truly impressed. Yeah. I am truly taken back. Um, I am truly inspired. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And especially in a year like this. In a year I like want y'all to understand something. Unprecedented. In an unprecedented year like this, all yes. art that we loved in 2020 yeah. is going to forever be shrined into these this kind of... Yeah, the damn pantheon. Near, yeah, this pantheon of like just disaster artistry. It's oh, gonna yeah. be ridiculous, y'all. And um, this is right on time for me. This is right up my motherfucking alley. Yes. <laughs> this is the type of shit I'll be picking up. You yes. feel me? And I think yeah, yeah. honestly, would I would pick pick up more of this if I seen myself in it. Yeah. Lovecraft Country, y'all, is a show on HBO for those who are living under the rock. If this is something that you clipped and tapped on and listened to, yeah. Uh, Lovecraft Country is essentially a book written by a man by the name of Matt Ruff to 
essentially kind of give this really interesting uh, subversion of sorts to H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, the uh, novelist of uh, horror and sci-fi of old, really spinning the ideas and, and themes and imagery of that person who was seemed, who seen as this kind of undoubtful, uh, undoubtedly uh, a pioneer of horror and with so many influences. Flip that shit on his head like it is no, <laughs> like it is yes. a damn coin. It is yeah. crazy. It's the Bronx. It's <laughs> really, it's ridiculous. So first, let's jump right into because I've I've already been I've, I'm, I'm 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 flustered. It's so fresh on yeah. my mind. Let's jump into the Twitter check in. Yes. All right. No. The Twitter check in for today is um, some fave live tweets. Let's let you know. Let's let's gather ourselves. Yeah. We've all experienced this, and I want to shout out some of the clever things that the black people of of black so Twitter much wit and so quick, so quick and so quick and witty. So what they had to say yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So we're going to the Lovecraft uh, Country uh, hashtag and just going to shout out the, the peoples as well as the tweets themselves and subscribe in my best way. Let's give a few of them and um, then let's get into this, uh, talking about this, this show as a whole, yeah. bro. All right, you first. Um, I'm going to start off with at MartinF203. Homie came through with, uh, since we didn't get the Alice Smith Center Man at the end, they hit us with the Tamara uh, singing Time on My Hands. Um, that meme, uh, just saying, well, since they ain't playing Cinnamon, here it is. Cinnamon, we gotta give respect to Cinnamon at least a little bit, because that definitely carried us those first, um, eight episodes. That was a good one. And then, uh, my second favorite definitely has to be, uh, the one at Phil underscore Lewis underscore. Uh, it was Letty after banning every white person in the world with magic, and it's that, uh, Stephen A. Smith meme when he, uh, that gif when he walking through the crowd real strong with all them people with that pimp limp. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Bro, did they get renewed for a second season? Nothing has been. Uh, they didn't say that, right? Yeah, no. I, 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 I had rolled. I had went past that. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. Somebody said something about um, the season two is about you know D and her black show goth and like all this kind of stuff. Um, that that could be you know potentially what they do with season two because I feel like that's. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, they what, showed. What would you even do with season two? But I feel like the way they ended this, it would be cool to go into that. I feel like they they, they get they open themselves up because in my mind, in my head, I'm sitting here thinking like, so what was the vision we were seeing? What could have been? Are you talking about with um, when Homegirl was doing the attachment? You talking about them visions? Yeah. I feel like that's what what had already happened. Some of that stuff might be in the future, but it was like, uh, what's her name passing the note, uh, Tick passing the note to uh, Arinthia, and like, um, I felt like just shit in the past. To connect the dots on what was about to happen, if that makes any sense. You think that's what it was? Yeah, and I'm only pulling this, like I'm literally only pulling this from Tick handing Arinthia that, um, the letter, and then her giving the letter to Montrose. Like, oh hey, by the way. Um, I I don't even know what tweet to start with. Yeah. 
let me just go to the ones I liked already. So, okay. The OJD D the Terminator. That was a good one too. <laughs> I don't have the app for that one. <laughs> Not these Terminator. Yeah. She said every white person in the world child. This is yeah. by way of uh, okay. at Chrissy Mani. That's Chrissy with two S's and a Y. Uh, M-A-N-I um, on Twitter. Uh, she said every white person in the world child. Yeah. And she used the, uh, you know, uh, Bella Noche's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, uh, meme and had some koofies on and said, it's pleasing me and my ancestors. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. I love that. And then, uh, um, mind blown, sad, Atticus is gone, but banning only white people from magic, D. Using her <laughs> new Winter Soldier arm to take yes. out Christina. <laughs> Whew, that's at Nisi Peterson. <laughs> um, that's Nisi spelled N I E C Y P E T E R S O N. And then she uses the the black dude from The Simpsons little Chef's Kiss gift. Just yes. why? Truly a bomb ass show. I refuse. This is my last one. I refuse to accept or believe that Tick is dead. No, 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 no. And they use the gift of the, oh, of, yeah. the uh, of the maid from um, Get Out. <sighs> no, no, no. And to be truthfully honest, I think I'm I'm aligned with that. Like for some reason, I just feel like some somehow, some way. Um, but I'm yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Oof. Uh, just, whew. So, this was so much, and I, 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 I had an outline, but I'm so shook up. Golly, I'm just shook. But, I just want to take a quick, quick break from this great, great conversation to mention a partner of mine for this particular episode, False Politics, and they have just released a capsule pack two pack merch and just overall initiative and call of action i won't take too much of your time i would like for you to go to not only my story but also to the page of at one dot stretch to uh check out some of the designs of the shirts for false politics and um and go ahead and shoot him a dm to get you your shirt this is a grassroots movement to really uh, keep people just from asking themselves the particular questions for this particular election year. I have two questions and a call of action for you all. First, answer the question, are you registered? Then secondly, ask yourself, will you be voting at all? These are questions that need to be answered, people. Uh, and then the call of action is if you can, if you feel you know, uh, moved to, to hashtag false politics with uh, at least three bullet points or or more of uh, of your local elections policies and candidates that are uh, already on the ballot or or to be on the ballot. Let us know. Keep it going. Keep the movement going. Go buy a shirt. Peace. Um, I 
I want to try to. I want to definitely try to. You know, really speak to why the significance of all this is a thing, right? Right. Um. So, whew. black people in horror. Let's start by talking about that. Talking about why this is um, significant for so many different reasons on so many different levels. Right. Because we're talking about. We're talking about um, seeing black faces in these in this imagery that is um um very horrifying dark so many different things and in all honesty because of the state of blackness globally yeah. it's truly what made it have the most type of character when we are Where featured we are right in now. it you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. and uh, throughout history essentially we've had uh so many small and small depictions and tropes created throughout black horror. Exactly. One of the most probably most popular tropes being, you know, if you see us in there, most likely we dying. We dying, <laughs> before, we dying in the first before the first credits, oh, we out of there. Yeah, we are the first death on screen. Yep. Our, our deaths have been brutal and yep. always the worst. Yep. And I remember, I think even the. Uh, I remember, I think it was uh, Saw 3. Okay, yes. Where I think they tried to be like, well, you know, we didn't kill the black guy uh, in the beginning. Right. But we killed him, you know, damn near at the end. At the end, but, yeah. all, but in the worst Possible damn way, way yeah, <laughs> than yeah. every other person. So thanks for saving me. So <laughs> pre- pre- appreciate for saving us the last, yeah. saving us the last on that one. But um, there is actually, um, um, there's um. Have you heard of uh, Shudder? The movie Shudder. No, Shudder as in um, it's a, actually a, a streaming platform. Yes, and it's about horror films. Yeah, it's all yes, about just yes, like yeah. scary scary movies and shit. And um, I think Shudder actually has a, a documentary that talks about black horror. That's fair. And um, I've seen like clips of it, but I need to like make take time to make sure I go and watch it. And it speaks to just our first few you know, uh, depictions of horror. Gotcha. And us the, in horror. Us in horror. Gotcha. And what's interesting about it is um, they bring up uh, essentially um, The Birth of a the Nation. Birth. Okay, yeah. As, as, a, as a horror film for, that, featuring yes. black people. Yes, that's and it was, definitely. What was dope is because it's not only it's so true, yeah. but true in the most uh, clever sense of it being um, a matter of like, there were black people featured right. as, as central, you know, these kind of thriller uh, type of essentially fucking killers. Yeah. So that was the first place. And then they kind of went into, you know, kind of the um, blacks exploitation era. Exactly. And all those different things. What were your first, uh, do you remember what the first time you noticed or seen blackness on screen in the genre of horror? Just tell, tell me about that. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea? Yeah, and I don't know if how that, like, aligns with, like, the horror, mm-hmm. you know, genre. Uh, maybe more thriller, if you will. But I feel oh, like, it's all there. I feel like animal horrors are still, you know. Very scary. getting eaten up by, you know, sharks and stuff. That's yes. terrifying. So, in that first three seconds, I believe it was Hamuel L. Jackson, who got, like, ripped in half. That really stuck with me for, like, a long time. Really? Because I feel like that was, like, my first. I'm, like, uh, really a punk when it comes to... When it comes to um, scary movies, especially at like a young age, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I really wasn't fucking around with a lot of that stuff. So Deep Blue Sea was my first one, and it was just like seeing Samuel L. just like ripped in half like that. Like it really stuck with me for like a while at that time, Jeez. which was crazy. Yeah, 
No, it, it's yeah. terrifying. I think that's a part of it. Yeah. But you know what? Do you do you think that the the set of, the desire that we have to laugh, to be entertained in that way of uh, by way of drama, yeah, um, that desire to watch something that we know is gonna like shock us, yeah. that we know is gonna put some that's gonna damn it like it's bound to stick with us. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like us opting into going to experience that could literally be yeah. nothing but fucking uh, nightmare fodder. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. To, to, no, to I agree with you. Fuel the flame. Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think it comes from the same desire of like just entertaining us, us being entertained in the various ways? Yeah. It's just coming from that same place. We want to feel that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's the journey of it all. Like I want to experience the journey. I want to go through what these characters are going through or just like, just take me on the ride. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it, it, I was thinking when you were like explaining this, I was like, Oh, it's kind of like masochistic in a way. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to feel the pain. I want to yeah. go through whatever. But it's like, yeah. I, I feel like that's more for like shows. Like we just watched yes. to where it's like, I know that, this shit is gonna fuck me up in a way, in and it's like, but way. I, but I want to go through the journey because I know that that it's something impactful. But what you were kind of saying about earlier with like black people and horror, I consider like slavery movies, like anything. With if you think about like shit, I even heard like Selma. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like these are horror movies because this shit is terrifying. Like this yes. shit is like absolutely like very scary. Like I don't need some sort of ghoul or some sort of like imaginary like ghost monster to come and get me word for, for me to feel afraid you so can give like, me you watch... can give me something about something between 56 and 57 exactly exactly <laughs> 12 years a slave i have not watched it and will not watch it because i consider that one of the scariest movies like ever <laughs> like i i, I would not Bro, be able to you, watch something like that you are touching on something right now yeah which and i feel I'm like we'll tap into it once we you know yes but what you, you said something i didn't even think of but you're so right in terms of it being uh frightening um because of, I mean, I, I honestly, a, a person who is not from this planet, if you probably tell them this is what occurred to somebody, they would be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the worst story yes. in the world. Yes. Um, but I'll tell you this, because since you don't intend to watch it, it's the matter of, I think it was just a collective energy to create and illustrate more than likely probably the first story where it was truly from the slave's point of view. And that's fair. I'll give them that. Um, and because of his, his, the overall significance of his life, him being a man who was free and, yeah. and, and Ooh, ending up in that situation. This is getting dark. <laughs> yes. The way that they captured silence. Yeah. In I'm that a, film. The I'm way they, they cat, the way they utilized silence and it, cause it was a, it was a, um, a black man. Yeah, yeah. Who uh pulled that together. And um I truly think that uh we are in a space of like not even knowing how much we need um uh, to process the trauma that we've been through. Boom. Ding ding ding. <laughs> because yes. of shit like that. That. Yep. Cuz it's it was a part on there and that's probably one of the few movies I've ever even cried. Yeah. At. Yeah. And can't help but to cry. At. Yeah. It's the only, that's probably one of the only movies where every time I've seen it, I've teared up. Yeah. 
And it's like, it's undeniable. And I'm not like that with not many Man, other things. Yeah. I think I, I've cried at Lion King, Coco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was grown when I said yeah, Coco. Yeah. Coco <laughs> that boy that remember yeah. me at the yeah. end yeah. got me yeah. every time. Yeah. And then you see Coco come through with her, with her just big, just wrinkly <laughs> smile. Yeah, yeah. Woo. I, and, and the crazy part about it, what got me was yeah. when they did it the, in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know what they say. I, I know what they say. I'm like, fuck yeah, we need to. Oh my god! But I don't want to get too deep. I don't want to get too heavy. But it, it 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 all correlates. Yeah, it all correlates. Yeah. And I mean, as y'all seeing, this correlates so much. Tapping into the ancestors. It's tapping like, into the ancestors. And like, I really do love that. And I, you know, I truly, I, you know, shout out to. Um, just, I guess, you know, having a good serendipitous thought. I think that uh, the 1619 Project yeah. and the, the significance around it and just a yes. few conversations that I've had that I think you all should check out. Yeah. Check out my uh, When We Get Home episode. Check out my uh, my 1619 episode yeah. uh, speak uh, called 400 Years uh, where I speak to this. And then even more of what I'm about to say is going to make even more sense because in both – and that when uh when I get home or when I get right episode uh themed around the when I get home episode um album V who I had on spoke to the literal astronomical uh and hor and horoscope type shit yeah speaking to what's happening and why so many different shifts within us as a people is are happening because it's 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 a cycle of things, you know what I'm saying? Like we're we're definitely not meant to be in this position forever, uh, and it was just so beautiful to hear that, and it was very hopeful, regardless of what you believe in or not. We need all, everything we can to believe in, which is another thing, uh, another theme in this show. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I just, whew, it's it's a trip, and um, but let's let's keep it moving. So, as I said before, this is uh based. About this is based from the um, author and novelist H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, uh, which the show gets his name. And H.P. Um, Lovecraft was known for writing horror, uh, literally multi-dimensional uh, themed horror that included monsters that are only out of a fucking novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, um, and coming up with the basics for so many different themes. And what's interesting, a part of his story is that this motherfucker was still racist as hell. Yeah. But it's like, do you really expect something different from, I'm, I'm guessing this dude was born in like 1947? Or uh, 1927? Uh, actually, I think, yeah, prior to that. 1810? Yeah, I think he was, I think he was, uh, like, what white man from, born in the 1800s wasn't racist? Maybe like 12 of them. Bro. So he was definitely born in, in the 1800s because yeah. he wrote what I'm about to read to y'all in 1912. Okay. He um within uh Lovecraft, I believe in the very first episode, uh, no 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 no, yeah, very first episode, we hear uh Tick and uh, Uncle George speak to uh H.P. Lovecraft because uh Tick is trying to figure out something, so he's looking for clues and he sees the he sees a book of of his and oh yeah, and he uh. And George just notices him and says, he was like, you know, this is my type stuff. You know, yeah. why, are you, why are you trying to pick this up? And uh, he said that, you know, anytime he said he tried to read it, his dad made him 
recite uh, on the creation of niggas and on the creation of niggas. Written by H.P. Lovecraft. And I want to read this for y'all real quick. Uh, and I'm not sure if this is the full poem the or not. The full poem or not, but On the Creation of Niggas by H.P. Lovecraft. When long ago the gods created earth and Joe's fair image, man was shaped at birth. The beast for lesser parts were next designed. Yet there, yet were they too remote from humankind to fill the gap and join the rest to man. The Olympian host conceived a clever plan. A beast they wrote in semi-human figure, filled it with vice and called the thing a nigger. What? In <laughs> the fuck. Thanks, H. <laughs> we is wrong with this man. <laughs> yeah. And his not only just racism, it's but human, rampant, rampant racism. Yeah, that's 1847 for you. Or 1912. <laughs> yeah. Look, Matt, look, Matt Ruff, you challenge yourself on this one, bro. And this, if you did any, if a, a white, this is, look, people. There's more work to do, obviously, but this is at least a start on the work he's trying to do for him, for yeah. him and his, <laughs> yeah. but his own white guilt. <laughs> I'm down for a little revisionist history. Like, I'm down for, you know, taking this from a very, like, I feel like he's pissed. Like, I feel like H.P. Lovecraft would be very upset with the show that just came out. Like, I feel like he would be very mad by that. And that brings me joy. Joy. Yeah. Joy, I, joy. I'm down with that. Like, I'm I'm down. I feel like black people have taken so much erasure mm-hmm. um, that I'm, like, I'm totally down for somebody just, like, taking this story and just, like, flipping it. Flipping um, it on his head. Yeah. Truly. What do you think? Because um, cause Matt Ruff is a uh, white man, for yeah. all of y'all who did not know that. And, um... Lovecraft Country is kind of one of his um, more popular uh, novels. 55 years old from damn New York. <laughs> and this is what he comes up with, you know. And I'm not sure how different, and that's something I'm definitely going to look up, how different the book was to uh, yeah. what we've seen on screen. Uh, but uh, truly something. <laughs> truly yeah. I something. Think, I think Misha Green, from what I've heard from the podcast and things that I've listened to, I feel like Misha Green has taken a lot of liberties. Um, I don't plan on reading the book, so somebody would have to necessarily tell yeah, me. I'm I, feel like, to, yeah. I feel like there are definitely a lot of differences in terms of a tone and I feel like a care of characters. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's so much nuance, especially visually speaking, um, just like the tiny moments. Mm. Um, like for instance, like the, the Gordon Parks, you know, little capture in the first episode or like, I forget the woman, the black woman who rode her motorcycle, like all through, you know, town. Yeah. Um, or like the Dahomey, you know, Dahomey warriors. I feel like things like that are like subtle nuances, um that the show like really differs from, from yeah the I can see that I, I'm like I, yeah spitballing but I think you probably spot on though that, yeah. that seemed like a lot of things to point out that seemed too uh, seemed way too damn clever for white men 
Yeah, like, yeah, like, 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 like oh, just, just, I'm gonna have all this tacked up in here. Like, yeah, oh. like this is a lie. Yeah. But um, yes, truly a lie. Uh, but let's 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 talk about uh, recent history before we get into really breaking down. Okay. So recent history, as it as it you know referring to uh, black faces and horrors and thrillers and things like that. Um, there's certainly we are definitely living in a renaissance right. of the genre. Yeah. And um, and that feels great. That feels good yeah. because for me, I'm, I'm I love that you know. As black people, we can corral around something like this and like get joy yeah. in it because, yeah. you know, if enough of us are casting these type of roles, we're gonna come out as the hero yeah. regardless. Yeah. Instead of being the minority in the shows or whatever yeah, situation what is. Of some sort. Yeah, sassy, it, it, it's it's good to it's good to see us at the forefront of this. Yeah. Um. So I would love to to know what you feel about you know what I feel like started the Renaissance. And this, I could be all the way wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, I believe it was really, it was probably a few examples of things that came out prior to this time. But I think what really got it going and really made it stick to everybody's ribs is Get Out. Right. I think seeing um, Daniel Kaluuya, um, that, 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 you know, that shot from eyes. Yep. Yep. That that dark skin, and, yep. and and just the overall concept of that, right? Like, yeah, we can make any horror, make anything into a thing because obviously you know that white people could be everywhere and they're everywhere, and we can just fit, put a white face in every single thing, exactly. and we really don't have to deal with anything else but what it is. We don't have to right. give you too much backstory. We can just give you exactly what we need, what yep. and we can just get it going. You yep. know. But if we put, quote unquote, a black person, um, then we got to deal with other things. You know what I'm saying? They can't just, yeah. if, we, if they we put them in, the, in, in New York, uh, we got to, you know, have a certain, you know, they got to be from the Bronx. So they got to yeah, be from yeah. here. If we, you know, put them in the South, they got to, you know, be, you know, have a certain type of story and not come yeah. for money and so much, so much <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah, really go through strife to get through. Just yeah. To get empathy, we have to go through some sort of pain. Or some sort of strife or something like that. We didn't know shit about Dan Kaluuya's character in terms of uh, stature or wellness. Like, yeah, stature, or, wellness, anything. Yeah. I think the most we knew is his profession was like a photographer. Yeah. Seemed to have a pretty nice ass apartment. But the story's not rooted in, in But it's not that. rooted yeah. in that, yeah. which is a very common thing that yeah. you do with so many others, yeah. uh, especially scary movies. Yeah. Uh, it makes us get into them because we just know what we know. We learn, we're learning them now instead of having any pre pre context. Exactly. What do you think um it was about Get Out that kind of initiated this new kind of sense of uh, renaissance and um kind of got us to where we are now with Lovecraft Country? That's that's a really good question. I feel like Get Out really allowed for I feel like a it showed a really broad conversation. Mm-hmm. Just about like race relations. I feel like where we where we were then, um, and then kind of Jordan Peele coming off of Key and Peele fame mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. He he definitely had the um, acumen to to get people to come out and like watch the movie. And then I feel mm-hmm. like once they saw it, between the humor, like between real and and that whole kind of light that kind of really shined, 
And um, yeah, I just feel like the really strong performances, the the deep nuance, as <laughs> as I kind of just called it right now, but the deep nuance of it all, I feel like there was a lot of layers to it. And I feel like that's what really gravitated to people mm. was that I feel like sometimes with horror, the, it's really cheap. And mm-hmm. that's where it's like, oh, it's just like, I'm going to just cut these people up. I'm going to just slash them. I'm going to just do a cheap scare or whatever, whatever. I think to what this really is and even what Lovecraft, you know, really talks about. And I feel like a lot of horror films after Get Out has talked about is that for black people, fear is really in in, in the reality of being black in, in America or, or abroad. Yeah. Uh, that's where the fear is and I think there's these mystical magical elements that they throw on top to really kind of create the world if you will but the the fear is really you know I, white supremacy like the fear is really like that like, like I don't think there's a more sinister fear um, you can throw as many oogie boogies you know in the closet or underneath the bed or whatever but it's like this shit is real like this shit you walk outside and, and feel it you know mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that's the reality of that grounds that can ground horror um, and has and that's what really kind of allowed for the you know for Get Out to really have that resonance or really have that impact to cause that wave because to be truthfully honest when you sent me the outline and I was talking about you know or I was thinking about all this kind of stuff I was like but we had you know horror movies you know in the past because first I was thinking okay well we usually die first but it's like no we actually had horror movies of our own you think of Queen of the Damned you think of Blade yes you think of um, Leprechaun 3 I feel like was like oh yeah yeah Leprechaun that was literally in the hood so it's like you have we there's been movies that have been scary in a way. Tales from the Hood. Tell, exactly. Tales from the Hood. Bones. Which, Bones which, f- has fucked me up to this day. Now, Tales from the Hood. Yeah. I still to this day. Yeah. To this day as a grown person cannot watch like probably like the last five seconds of that movie. Can't. Because of what's happening and how scary that shit yeah. looks. And I think I... All I have are the images of of my closed eyes, like yeah. is wh- yeah. whatever I captured in like in this that, quick in that moment. Yep. Um, and I just can't face it. And I yeah. tried to when I was like in college one time after when I like way after I seen it when I was younger. Yeah. And I was just like just sitting there, and I was just trying my best, and I was like, ah, ah! I was like, no, I, I can't, grab the I, can't, I, like, I can't do this. I can't, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah, that's like me and Bones. Uh, it's like I, I still to this day, I have not watched that movie to, in full, but it, even in uttering it right now, I had the urge to turn around my shoulder. <laughs> because I was like, it, it, it still haunts me to this day. So it's like we have, but I think those are quote, those are black horrors. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it falls into the subgenre of, of black. Yes. And so it doesn't get the same resonance, if you will, as an it or as a... Um, I'm, they're coming to my mind, but I can't think of them um, like Final Destination or like Saw. Or they like they don't have that kind of resonance. But it's like I feel like those are still deep horror movies that are like can scare the shit out of you and like do do the job well. Yes. Yeah. It's such a trip. It really is. It's erasure. I mean, it is erasure, and I think about just you know. So much uh, of just how well we do it. Oh, yeah. In terms of just, like, capturing that emotion. I think everything around black people 
when it comes to in relation to horror in any way, we're the best at it. Not only depicting it because we're convincing as fuck. Yeah. When we scared, we scared. Scared, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When we yeah. are scared, we can show it better than the best of them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That that screeching, that screeching white woman that is kind of the trope that goes with uh, yeah. horror films is not even what we might give you. <laughs> right, exactly. Which gives even more, you know, authenticity to the just the the moment. Yeah. Um, the 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 skeptic. Uh, black yeah. character, you know what See, I'm saying? I'm not that, going up in there. It's like, like well, hold on, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> the fact that that's who we are, and even the culture around what they've always said about black people in the movie theaters. Oh yeah, that is me. Like, wow, oh, you y'all see that? Yeah, y'all see that? Like all that Full energy, commentary. and I am certainly that guy. Yeah. Because I am not trying to be spooked. Hell, fuck <laughs> so, no. and I got good foreshadowing skills. Yes. So I'm just in there like they done dropped a movie. Uh, somebody about yeah, yeah, we gotta go. I need to, we need to, need to, you need know, to get up out of here. Get up out of here. Yeah. And so, I think it's interesting that you know we're seeing so many different examples in modern days. Yeah. Uh, of because after Get Out, you just had more forays into sci-fi and horror. You yeah. know, Black Panther came and was histor- one of the most historic things ever. Which yeah. uh, it's even sad to even think about that, just because yeah, you think about Chadwick. Yeah. Uh, this is a fucked up year, y'all, and uh, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah. Um, I think about that. I think about um, ah, what was that? What was the um, um, the movie that Ava DuVernay did? Um, uh, five. Um, no, oh, no, you're no. talking about a wrinkle in time. Wrinkling, uh, just uh, seeing a wrinkle in time right yeah, after yeah, that. We, yeah, yeah, we bended. Yeah. A wrinkle in mm-hmm. time right after that. You know what I'm saying? And that's yet again another one of us. Then you come back with us. Yeah. Uh, another trip back down the horror streets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, I think Little Monsters. Yeah. yeah. Little Monsters, I believe, came out that same year with uh, with Lupita. Uh, oh, yep, 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 yep. And, um, and um, but yes, yes. Yeah. And then um, it just kept going and going and going and going and going to where we are now. You had yeah. Watchmen last year, which yeah. I think, you know, kind of still falls into that same category of just sci-fi and, and, um, and that bad hair is coming out on Hulu. It's like Lena Waithe and, like and uh, all Justin of them. Simeon. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Simeon. Yeah. So I feel like it, it, you know, dipping our toes in, getting, you know, deeper into what it honestly looks like. You know, I feel like horror can honestly be like paint by numbers or like one kind of scope. And I just feel like what they're doing now is really like creating space within the genre to like kind of really do interesting things within it. Yes. Yeah. And I think we it's if this is the lane that we keep getting roles in and keep getting all up in because that's what it seems like right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, like you got fucking uh vampires in the Bronx on Netflix right now. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 Uh, see you yesterday that came out with like one or two years ago that was pretty good. Yeah, that's a little time Spike travel. Lee. Yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. That was on, it's still on Netflix. Yeah. Like uh, we were saying earlier, I, I Butler like they're yeah. definitely gonna be making a movie out of some some of her work. Yeah, they have to. They have to. Just thinking about how. Um, so many different novelists are getting things approved and so many things in yeah. development that are in the genre of sci-fi and horror. Uh, thinking about Candyman coming back. Yeah, you know? Candyman, yep. Candyman yep. coming back uh, featuring Yaya and uh, Nia DaCosta, the director. Yeah. And, um, and and Jordan Peele being the best example again, yeah. of a person who, when you get on, we all alone. Yeah. Because he's been handing out all these different opportunities or been behind these particular deals. I think he was 
him and his uh, production company was behind. I can't remember if it was uh, Antebellum or... I was just going to bring bring that up. Uh, Homecoming, I believe. It was, it was one or the other. I feel like both. Homecoming. Maybe both. Homecoming is the Amazon show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then maybe, yeah. Well, both of them are featuring... Which I'm so confused because I think they have... Do they have similar... Um, they might have that dude. They might have the black dude might be the same. I think they might have similar um, just plot lines to a certain oh. degree because I well, think Antebellum yeah. is like... It's kind of like haunted by like I slavery don't and shit. Antebellum. And homecoming is what though? Homecoming, I feel like that's like uh, FBI, CIA, like undercover, like trying to change. Yeah, I gotta look home, that up. Something like that. From from what I pulled together. Yeah. But about and because I feel like there's nine times out of ten if a horror movie comes up, you see from the producers of or from you know from the writers of you know Get Out or Us, definitely yeah. a Jordan Peele feature. But what I didn't. I, and to be truthfully honest, I could be wrong because I did not watch Antebellum. <laughs> but the thing is, is like I'm, I've said I'm not watching any slave movies anymore. I get and that. To be truthfully honest, I thought that it might have been a flip on the head, if you will, of slavery in some way, giving it some sort of leeway. But I saw an article about it. I didn't read the article, but I, you know, skimmed it lightly. <laughs> Basically, what it was saying was just like, it's just like. Slave porn, honestly, just like I, I'm gonna give you, just like this very brutal um, kind of stuff, and it's just like I'm. I, I feel like there, you can do, you can do that in a very tactful way, but it doesn't have to be this. Like we don't mm-hmm. have to be in modern times, but then get shipped back to slavery. Like that, that is a, that is a fear, yes. And like I said earlier about, I feel like slave movies are horror movies, and yeah. I feel like <laughs> they don't need any mystical or magic on their own. I, just, I agree. I agree, and. Um... Yeah, honestly, I'm pretty much, I'm definitely over it because um, it's so much still left on the table. And I've talked about this on the podcast as well, yeah. just how much has we have yet to see. That's why anytime new shit comes out with us in it, it is usually yeah. fucking unprecedented. Right. Or, or, or reflections of, you know, other things that couldn't go all the way or, you know, the spirited uh, sequel of something or whatever it is. And I yeah. think that's what we've had to deal with, you know, like, oh, this is like even, this feels like even better this, or yes, a modern yes, day yes. this, or, or it, we do that so much. This. Yes, yes. We do that so because much. Because I feel like for, for people, there has to be an attachment to something to, to not necessarily validate it, but to yeah. like, make, make it seem like it's possible. Yeah. Like, it's like, it can't just be like its own new thing. It has yeah. to be attached to something for me to comprehend what it is. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's honestly lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like I can kind of do it, I do it my like myself on some things, but I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people hold things to like the same standard, mm-hmm. um, to where it's like I feel like you know let let stories be their own stories, and then you kind of build it off from there. I agree, and I think um, what's a trip to me is how we've been here the whole time and have been cut out from so much. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and. Um, you know, I always try to think about just, you know, when it comes to the strongest and the secrets and what they know about us versus what we know about ourselves and what we've convinced ourselves and how much it had to occur for us to still have these moments of triumph, like how powerful of a people we are, you know, because yeah. amidst all of these different adversities, there's so many of us who still find ways to yeah come out of that, to rise through the concrete. And I think, I can only imagine the uh, what we could get done without, you know, 
with with no obstacles. Yeah. You know, universally, no yes. obstacles. Um, as a whole, how how more secure we would be, how much we would advance uh, globally, and um, so many different things. It trips me the hell out to just think about yes. it like that. But uh, that's really what I believe, though. And um, shout out to Misha Green. Shout out to the writers yeah. of this uh, show. Uh, shout out to HBO for continuously being the uh, kind of on the cutting edge in a lot of ways um, for just media. Space. Yeah. Um, just thinking about just, you know, how HBO has kind of been the ones to kind of do a lot of shifts in media and um, by way of, you know, making television, like bringing up the quality of television by, yeah. you know, presenting shows like The Sopranos and The Wire. Yep. Um, giving you literally movie quality shows, which became damn near a standard. Now, every network has at least, you know, two to three shows that have that particular yeah, that quality. quality. Yeah. Uh, here we are now where they are in a space where if you're not saying something with at least one or two of your shows, yeah, why are you here? Right. Every network has that pressure on them right now to be uh, in the space of talking about whatever we, what everyone else is talking about. Yeah. Uh, having a cause attached to uh, what you're producing. Right. But I think it's also to that point to have people of color in the broader sense mm -hmm. um, having a more inclusive um, selection of, of programming to choose from. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I feel like personally, especially working in, in media as much as I as as I have, mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's the thing to be like, okay, well, we need more diverse storytelling on on these platforms, on TV, on you know all these streaming services, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and I feel like it's it's a charge that is like, yes, we're here for it, we're down for it. Yes, let's continue to do it. There's we still got a lot of work to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot more that we need to to like affirm and like uplift and like all that kind of stuff when it comes to storytelling. Um, but I just feel like that's, that's, that's the real urge is like to have a more inclusive um, program choice to choose from so that everybody can feel how we feel about Lovecraft. Yeah. You know, I feel, so that everybody can have that story that it's like, not only does that resonate with me, but I feel like it tells the whole story. Like it, it tells a complete picture of like what, it could have been like in in this time with us being in this world, whatever that world might look like or be. Yeah, it's it keeps us. Um, I think it's a good practice and hope too. Yeah, this hopefulness, um, because we have to um, just understand. Yeah, understand what's uh, necessary, and um, so much about this. Uh, show is so uh impressive and um reflective yeah reflective you know? for sure. and i feel like what they did something is, is reminiscent to watchmen and only uh in the ways of honestly a handful of things being you know the the tulsa connection being yeah. like how we have this very historically accurate um uh brutal uh sense of trauma yeah and a massacre uh, within our historical uh, ledger, but then you have um, this almost uh, interesting through line of just our trauma and our pain and how it molds us. Yeah, 
And I think Lovecraft was able to literally give you that in every single episode. Yes. Like, give you a piece of trauma, give you how our past has formed our current, you know, state of, you know, damn near madness. Yeah. Um, the shit's really fucking trippy, but really fucking good. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they, 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 they mad, it, it's so damn emotional. And I think the, uh, the crazy part about it is we're finding out the, just the dualities that you can sit there and exist in. Exactly. And, um, and if this is in, if this isn't a testament of you can exist in two different spaces and places, yeah, uh, simultaneously you can, yeah, emotionally for sure, yeah. I think that is we have to widen the bandwidth of what we uh, see mm. ourselves capable of doing. Yeah, the complexities of people. We're con- we're walking contradictions. We're 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 all that. Mm. We we're can be two, right and wrong at the exact same time. All the time, and we got to accept those things sometimes because. Yeah. I literally might have to wake up and wonder if it was going to be a monster on my damn front porch. Yeah. It's a beautiful depiction. Um, so let's talk about the show. Let's get into the show. Okay. Uh, 10 episodes. So glad it was 10 episodes. Yeah. I feel like that was a great amount. Uh, one thing that we both noticed when we first started talking about, uh, like, yeah, we need to, you know, are you watching this or what's happening? (laughs) And, um, like, what is happening? And, um, I really want to know, like, how do you feel about just the, uh, overall approach of creating a show where they kind of gave a damn near a lesson in, damn near a lesson in screenwriting in terms of like, this is how you write something that's reminiscent of a, a monster flick, a monster yeah, horror yeah, versus yeah. a, you know, magical Illuminati-esque yeah, type yeah. mystery yeah. versus a ghost haunted house ghost story. story. Like yeah. just how they made it um, connect all at the end of the day, but still be this very, um, what's the word? Um, ah, I can't think they of it. But they, it was like rooted in the, in the story. Or it was rooted in third, but it was an anthology. Got you, got you. Got it was an it. anthology. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was this an, this kind of literally horror, jumping around horror themes. And, yep. But it was an anthology that still had a through line mm-hmm. that connected everything. Yeah. What'd you think about that? I, I think that it, it was definitely, I, I, I was down for it. I think it was a beautiful way to really tell the story. I think it was an interesting way to do it. Hell yeah. Um, I think that for like for instance the the body um, you know the body snatchers esque episode I feel like it was we have to we have to show the magic you know what I mean we have mm-hmm. to show how this actually ties into the whole story like mm-hmm. Ruby becoming this white woman and um, even you know as we saw with the finale spoiler spoiler um, you know Christina using that magic to become Ruby. I feel like it, it's it's a way to tie everything together. The house it ties everything together. When they went down the elevator, and um, with the whole um, uh, not the boogies, what's the um, the boonies, the goonies that yeah. like that like that whole Indiana Jones kind of vibe. Yes, that episode like everything kind of really came back in this last in this last episode. Yeah, they touched um, everything of the things. Even like even like you think about um, you know the whole Jigaboo's sort of situation like. That horror is, it's it's steeped in. I think those things are absolutely terrifying. Like yep. what the monsters that they were were like absolutely terrifying. But 
the fear the fear of like us being caricatures you know these uncle bens these um aunt, Jemima's, uh, aunt Jemima's, these um, jig, you know jigaboos you know yeah. <laughs> little jigaboos um i think that those kind of things are it really shows the nuance of everything um even though it, i think it had a purposeful um you know showing the magic throughout the whole storyline but i think that it also had to touch on all the nuances that are that are horror as a whole as a whole yeah yeah this i think this show had a lot this this show had a lot <laughs> yeah this show had a lot because i think me and you also made the um just thinking about our text messaging and um we made that uh comparison to you know or made just the observation that um there are two monsters yeah there are two horrors yeah that they are facing Very real horrors every single episode every single day of their lives and amidst this time in their lives and it's like fuck and yeah. one of those horrors has been around way longer than the other one yeah and it's racism plus this magical you know in a you know uh disruption into their lives yeah but racism still finds its way even into magic not the other way around exactly <laughs> like, it, it, it was tied together I it was like it was tied together when we think about white supremacy like now in our reality sometimes it can seem like uh insurmountable magical beast that you just can't you just can't seem to fight with nine tails and 18 eyes and this giant beast that you have to attack on a day to day basis, and it's like, well, how do how can I how can I fight this? Mm -hmm. But it's like I feel like what the story of Lovecraft really told us, or at least with with this show, was that like the the magic is not only in us, but we had like we've had it all along. You know what I mean? And we just had to tap, we just had to tap into it, um, whatever that you know may look like. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so. Thinking about the show, we had um, honestly probably some of the best fucking acting. It was uh, a masterclass. Masterclass. Like, when I tell you how to act. Yeah. I, I I remember saying, <laughs> I remember speaking to the brilliance of Ajanu Ellis when I was the Clark uh, sisters? huh <laughs> the Clark sisters. No Ajanu Ellis. No, not on the Clark sisters. Actually, <laughs> it's uh ooh I gotta find the movie first. She did a movie with damn Kiki Palmer called P.I.M.P. I was like, Akila in the B? <laughs> Akila in the B. And what was funny about that... Uh, Wait, she was in Akila in the B? For real? No, no, not Akila in the B. Oh, she P.I.M.P. Was, I'm saying, yeah, she was in a movie called P.I.M.P. Oh, I did not know P.I.M.P. Um, but she also was uh, in another film. Undercover Brother? Yeah, I know that's was. probably that not is the, girl. the nuance that she's speaking of. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But yeah, I'm she just was, pulling things out of my. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was. It was. It was somewhat of a. Um, I probably. I think I know the movie. Ah, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Cover. Cover. It was a movie came out in 2007 called Cover that she was in where she was acting her ass off. Hmm. And cover was somewhat of an independent film. Yeah, she uh was playing like this kind of you know a strange wife and and shit like that, and it was so damn good, bro. Yeah. But even in PIMP, even though as terrible as that movie was, yeah, no, you know, I'm sorry, uh, Kiki Palmer. You know what I'm saying? I think you've done hey. better work in other times, but not on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she was a uh, she was a lesbian uh she was a lesbian pimp in like. 
Philadelphia or something like that, <laughs> okay, or Baltimore or something like that. Okay, but her, and, and Anjanu Ellis played uh, her mother, who I think had a substance abuse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> it was it's a lie. It was a lie. I wasn't expecting that. It okay. was a lie, but it was it was just it's not a good movie to me. To yeah. Me. But you know, I implore you all to go watch it. But go look at the filmography where this woman was featured. She was always delivering and Lies. giving you pieces, giving you vibes, giving you acting. Yes. And just even her as a person, if you look up and see the type of things she's into, I think she's originally from like uh, Mississippi and Alabama, Mississippi or Alabama. And she, and she is, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, she's just so damn. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so truly an amazing individual. You got fucking Courtney B. Vance. Like the Courtney B. Vance. The Courtney B. Vance. The Courtney B. Working Vance. Yes. Because Courtney B. Working. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Him Johnny, Mr. Johnny Cochran himself. Mr. Like, Johnny uh, Cochran himself. Yes. Mr. You know Preacher's what I'm wife. I don't know. Mr. Preacher's wife. Preacher's wife. But yes. I just, it's. I mean, yeah. He's had even a, he had a, a great year this year. You know what I'm saying? He, I remember he popped up in um, uh, what was that? Uh, Project Power as well. Oh and, yeah, uh, I think he popped up in something else. It might have been something I can't remember. I mean, when you married to Angela Bassett, it's like you yeah, you locked in, you locked, you locked in. in full time. Yeah, both of them went to the same um, grad school and yeah. everything. It's just they're wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, you have um, John. Uh, just uh, Jonathan Majors, yeah, Jonathan Majors, who already, who already, who already won me over with the Five Bloods earlier this yeah. year. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Already, already, already was like bro code, and I already was yeah. peeping, trying to find. I, I had it in my uh, movies to watch, was to go and watch Last, Last Man in uh, San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. and I love that. That's now seen as like something a lot of people need to go back to to figure out, yeah, where's who is this because guy, where he's you, been. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't check him then. I definitely said this dude is doing a really good job, but I, I didn't I didn't check him as hard as I as you know, seeing him come through all these yes. you know, other other movies. I implore um, I implore you all to also look up his uh GQ um Oh yeah, the GQ t- yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was exceptional, yes. It was like the the substance of a person and just yeah. the uh essence making vibe. making 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 simple <laughs> things make making simple things mean things yeah a person who really enjoys the character and the purpose of things it was like oh this motherfucker is artistic yeah 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 and uh, and you love it it's charming as hell um then you have d whoever played d definitely d <laughs> she gave us pieces um uh, i want to know what's her what's her real name um yeah. She gave she us P says, yeah, truly, 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 yeah. I'll I'll give her I'll give her her flowers now today, today, to because she day. really she really did a performance, especially with the with the names that we have like already dropped, like to to act next to them and to to really hold her own and mm-hmm. have her own episode and her to you know do what she did like. D is a force. Like D is a D is a wave. She's a, a generation. Truly, a stand. Jada Jada Harris. Jada, Jada Harris, Harris is her name. Yes, we and uh, she came stand. through. She came through and did her motherfucking thing. Yes. Uh, you have um, certainly not certainly you know not not least uh, 
uh, being um, Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams, who we've already known so well by way of so many great things he's been in. Yeah. You know, certainly has won over so many white people in The Wire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, a role. A role. You feel me? A role. Um, giving us a very, you know, confused, a very um, torn uh, character with so much fucking. Montrose. So much, just so much in there. Like, that man, like, Michael K. Williams is so, so understanding of the human experience. And he, he certainly is a person who understands what his life was like and what his life has been through. And he's utilizing all of that energy truly right now to give us some of the best damn acting we could ever see. Yeah. Um, then you uh, think, then I think about, you know, cause I really want to keep continuing going. Then you think about uh, journey Smollett being, um, when I tell you, oof, if, they, if journey Smollett does not receive, Every award that they have for uh, a, a woman in an acting role in a TV series. When I tell you, racism is afoot. Because I can't, racism I, is I cannot tell you, I cannot, I don't know what one performance can top that. In 2020? In 2020, in 2019, 2018, I cannot find one performance to top what Journey Smollett has done within those 10 episodes. When I tell you, put some respect on this young woman's name. Letitia motherfucking Lewis. Exactly. Uh, her character was um, inspirational. Uh, her character transformative. Was, was transformative. Yeah. Her character, like you said before we uh, turned the mic on, uh, was a true depiction and example of how black women have forever been the time and time again have saved all of us saved every single one of us yes um you know truly the alpha and omega of our lives um especially as black men these days uh it's 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 it's, it's a trip to think about uh the way they utilized her character yep um in so many ways put her in a light and never put her in you know in harm's way because yes. her purpose was so big. Yes. First because episode, she, she dies. Future, you know what I mean? And to be truthfully honest, she likely died twice. She likely died twice. Because she thing. definitely died tonight as well. That's not funny. But like, she definitely died tonight after that. Yes. And after that fall, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, I can't lie. It's just, alive. Like, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's, she, she did her thing time and time again. And like we said before we started this, you know, before we started the show, it was black women time and time again that have literally, they was there when they called, you know, the ancestors to come mm-hmm. and do whatever they needed to do. Yes. When she grabbed the motherfucking book of names, when she ran up out that bitch the first time, D. D. <laughs> you just put a period next to that. You literally time and time again, black women have been the ones in the show, in in life period, in that life have period. done done what they needed to do to do what they needed to do for everybody. 
not just for them, not just for their own selfish reasons, whatever, whatever. It was literally so that everybody could be good. I think that connection with the ancestors part is um, so interesting. Shmoo fucking Hippolytus. Sorry, I wasn't respectful of Hippolytus' name. Because I didn't <laughs> live 200 years, okay, in this time frame. 200 motherfucking uh, years. From, from, the, from when I've been gone yeah. to now. What's up? It's been 200 years. Yeah. I, 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 it's, motherboard. I, I, I just... Yeah. I, I, the part about ancestors always yes. um, was interesting to me. Um, in an interesting through line that you know you can find parallels in when it comes to uh, the Watchmen that was on uh, HBO too. Yeah. Um, just thinking about how that informs our future, it yeah. informs yeah. our present. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, you know, there's so much trauma that you know that's obvious and ex- you know obviously experienced and can even be damn near assumed at this point yeah. in so many ways. Um. I want more for us. I want the most for us. Yeah. Like, what's the name said? Um, like, Mantra said to, to D at Bobo's funeral, you know, she's ex- doing the rite of passage. It's a rite of passage for us as black people to experience trauma in some way. And I feel like this show really talked about generational trauma as, as we exist within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also provided... Um, talking points for us to like work through it which yeah. I feel like is the biggest is the biggest thing yeah. to where it's like there's a lot of trauma that we've experienced on a on a macro level as in like these fucking massacres that they keep fucking doing and yeah. these brutality systemic you know racism all that kind of stuff and then just like the minute things um, you know similar to like Montrose's story about being you know a gay man and not being able to express, exper- himself. express himself you know uh, what's her name Ruby being you know Maybe maybe heavier or darker skin compared to her sister. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's these and can't get a job. Can't, exactly, can't get a job. The the war, <laughs> wars, and and that trauma that, that it has on us and how that shit just kind of like passes down. Um, I feel like really is is you know a major part of the show. I think. Um... I love I love that they finally gave us something where um, it felt just a little bit further away from the steps away um, from the usual in yes, terms of uh, usual. that setting that time yes. and that setting yes. you know I don't think uh, quite often we get that um, pre civil civil rights era uh, African American experience that often exactly. on screen usually we're getting that you know it's the sixties yeah. You yeah. know, this this show was set in the uh, in the fifties, um, was set in the fifties in the late in the kind of mid to late fifties. Mm-hmm. So uh, before all these particular movements, before you know the rise and the true rise of you know MLK and yeah. all these different all here. these different things, yeah, yeah, all these different things. You know, um, it's you know interesting to just see that particular time. Yeah. And I think we need to keep seeing that. I think we could see even more stories happen before that. I think there's a lot of interesting things. And I think more than ever, uh, we need to understand that uh, looking to the past doesn't only inform our present, but informs our future as well. Exactly. And we can't, uh, and that's really what Afrofuturism is all about. Exactly. Is, um, 
tapping into all those things. Tapping into all those things. That's what makes sense of all those things. Yeah. Um, because I'd like to see a story of Tulsa. Yeah, me too. But uh, a story of Tulsa that that doesn't end in in burning. I feel like there's a story inside Tulsa that is just like a story of now. You know what yeah. I mean? There, there's a story within Tulsa that you can be set in that time period and it doesn't have to, and you don't really even have to deal with, with racism as a whole. Because I bet you there were some children specifically within that time, likely more so teenage kids and whatnot that, that understood the world as what it was, but likely it's like I didn't experience racism. Yeah. Because I live in a vacuum of this. Yeah. So it's like I, feel, I, I definitely, to your point, um, seeing us in this era, in this time, like we were talking about earlier, I love that we got to see Tulsa as a beautiful, prosperous place. Yes. It wasn't just a place of bloodshed and burn and all this kind of stuff. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Even though we got there eventually. But I, yeah. I just feel like seeing that is at least is at least something. I agree. And I, I would love to see that myself. I think you could easily... Um, Cause I'm not sure how you know how long Tulsa was established up until that time. Yeah. But I just feel like you can stretch that shit out, stretch that shit, shit. on out. Twenty four was a show about twenty four hours, <laughs> so you could definitely have a movie of the same premise or a show. Or I did something. not know that twenty four yeah. was all in the same 24 day. Twenty four is literally twenty four hours. I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you learn something new, make a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. I thought twenty four was just. I don't know what I thought it was. I never gave that show a try. And neither did I, but the premise was this is 24 hours. Everything was the same day, just from a different perspective. Oh, sorry. No. Everything was literally 24 hours. Like, this is just one day. Ah. Yeah. That's still a lot, though. Yeah. Still a lot, though. I think that's still a dope concept. Because uh, I was like, hold on, so every single fucking episode... It's the that same seems, day, it's like, we doing this shit again. Like, it was like, it's 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's eight that's to nine. Groundhog Day. This is 8 to 9. Yeah. It's 8 to 9. Um, I think, you know, I feel like um, when it comes to uh, television horror, yeah. and television, you know, television horror, I feel like it's a little, it's definitely way more palatable, obviously, than... Yeah, you're right, uh, your American Horror yeah, Stories. But no, no, no. I think those are still palatable too. Yeah. Because they're on television. Um, but just in comparison to the horrific shit that I feel like they get the fuck off on, uh, like oh, movies yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got a lot more space. Yeah, they got a lot more space and just, yeah. I think, a lot more leeway to just, you know, really fuck people up in that movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think everything for me at the most part, was pretty manageable in terms of horror. Like, I don't think I was yeah, I don't, too yeah. horrified to kind of, you know, face whatever was presented on screen. When it comes to Oogie Boogie shit, for sure, yeah. Yeah. and But I would love to know, <laughs> I would love to know, what do you think about, what were some of the scariest moments for you? Emmett Till. Mm. Emmett Till, finding that out, scrolling through Twitter, and saying like, oh, this, this Bobo is supposed to represent Emmett Till. I think that really fucked me up in real time. I couldn't, and this is like real talk, like I had to sleep with the TV on because I was thinking about that shit all night. Like, because I feel like the story of Emmett Till is like absolutely terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. Like, I'm a child and I literally allegedly whistled. Like, the woman literally has said that, oh, I don't remember. And and what they did to that boy, mm-hmm. like, I'm, 
14, 16, something like that. That shit is absolutely terrifying and, like, had me up all night long. Just seeing, like, even, like, imagining the Ouija board going to no and him looking up, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I wish me I ain't gonna Joe myself. Because he was, there was so much jovialness in his eyes of, like, well, my trip be fun. And it seemed so innocent. And to know that this innocent <laughs> little fucking baby is like you're you're going to experience something that is like very traumatic. That that had me messed up. Like, it, and I think that goes into the reality of true horror. Like that you you want to talk about something terrifying? Mm-hmm. Talk about Emmett Till. Terrifying. And then tell me why black people are like still upset. You know, and for this woman to even say, "Oh, I don't," you know, I don't, I don't remember what happened. And so I thought that that, that was probably the scariest for me. I, I, I that is, it, I, I come out. What's crazy is, for me, what was scary, yeah, <laughs> comes from that exact same episode because I think that was the only thing that was hard to face in that way. That yeah. just this deformed and distorted and horrific yeah. imagery of a jigaboo in these in these two young dancers. Oh yeah. In uh, these two young dancers, that shit was. I remember being late on the episode and having like I think I missed it in real time. Yeah. And hearing people talk and like just seeing people. I think I seen somebody post now like immediately. It was almost like, like my I mind processed processed it very quickly like this is from a show like yeah scroll like, yeah I cannot do you know that. and I scrolled past it but it still was kind of stuck in my brain my, my brain yeah. on yeah. how horrific that shit looked even to the way me. they moved was terrifying Everything well I shouldn't moved. say terrifying it wasn't terrifying because I think it was like <laughs> you know that movie um, that crump movie Rise that yeah it reminded me of Rise so much in what they was doing yeah and I feel like I, I felt them as as dancers, like I, I fucked with their moves as dancers, but I understood the juxtaposition of these young girls moving in this way, appearing as this way, being this caricature of a fucking jigaboo, you know, girl, whatever, being dehumanized in all these all these ways, which just made it that much more terrifying. That shit fucked me up. Cause I, I I was like pre fucked up like after after once I watched the episode I was a lot better but just the anticipation of it all yeah and like just sitting there just thinking in my head like if this whole episode is is her just running away from these things this shit is gonna fuck <laughs> with me and that's pretty much but I thought it wasn't even gonna be no cutaways yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. me oh yeah yeah I'm glad it, the cutaways would save me <laughs> yeah. this was, that episode was the first episode that I had my hands up to my face yes yes like, truly hands up to my face truly and, and another night that I had to sleep with the TV on cause I said I can't be I can't be in the darkness with this tonight can't be but what would you say are your um guess your favorite moments some of your favorite moments. Definitely Hippolyta's episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Hands down, bar none, Hippolyta's episode. That's it. That's yeah. all the way. 10, 10 out of ten. Can't ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I give it everything. Like I, I'm I'll send it to the moon. Like that's Hippolyta's episode. I said shit, I am Hippolyta. The amount of times I have gone through I, I I've been dealing with a lot of work and stuff these past couple of weeks. The amount of times I have called out I am Hippolyta through this to be like I can fucking do this. Yes. Like whatever whatever. Like I'm I'm down with that. I also side note feel like men 
should have female role models, mm-hmm. like women role models, and mm-hmm. I feel like Hippolyta is one of those one of those characters, one of those people that I'm just yes. like I'm I'm down with you, like I lock in with you all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, second isn't necessarily a moment, but more so like a a theme throughout is definitely how they used um, uh, um, like prose or like speeches or you know vocal yeah. words. Um, versus montage or versus like music in sort of like a montage setting. Mm-hmm. Um, because in thinking about this, I was like, oh, my favorite moment for sure is like that Gordon Parks moment that I put like talked about earlier. Because when yeah. I saw that, with, like with the backdrop of James Baldwin talking, I said, oh, I'm in. Like I'm in. That's when I was like, I'm locked in all the way with this. But then in that next episode, when they're doing YD on the Moon, Jill Scott Haran, I'm like, oh, I'm all the way in with this. And then when they did with these episodes, they had that young black girl with that speech. When I tell you, nothing but tears. Like, it's streaming down my face. Even with the, the one that they did with Judy Garland and the Kumiho and, and, you know, Jamie Chung and, like, all that kind of stuff. I said, this is this is a, a brilliant way to use words, prose, speeches in a mm-hmm. way that resonates, in a way that, that music can kind of swell, you know, up in you. But it, it's definitely used in that way to kind of, you know, resonate and all that kind of stuff. I said, I'm, I'm locked in. The way that they did that was something that I've never even even seen before from like a cinematic, you know, yeah. audio perspective. Yeah. You know, like tie all that stuff together. Yeah. Ah, hmm. You said it, bro. Yeah. It, it, for, for me, yeah, yeah okay. For, for me, uh, favorite moment, uh, probably what really hooked me to the show, a part that I was so glad to see more than once. I definitely watched the uh, pr- premiere, uh, the pilot episode more than once, and it was the scene where they were traveling. Yeah. In that diner, they that was already oh, seemed yeah, like they weren't welcome yeah. to be in, and Tick just was looking around. Yeah. And asked him, you know, can you tell me why White House is white again? Yeah, and that yeah. And how quickly George recollected and, and gave it to him in a very concise but uniform type of way and he knew to literally just shift his foot yep. to see if this is you know a, a, a refurbished yeah. floor um so much was in that moment to me yeah so much in terms of uh our overall um knowledge about um um so many things yeah like and I think that was uh, when we think about like Renaissance men and shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy when you think about how nostalgic. When you think about just these nostalgic figure figures that oh, damn near all of this, all the men in this generation, damn near were you know Renaissance men to a certain oh, degree. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had to you know if you didn't know how to, everybody had to damn near study music. Yep. Everybody had to play an instrument. Play an instrument. Yeah. Read, you read had to bunch, read books. Because there wasn't, yeah. there wasn't, you know, yeah, you can listen to the radio or whatever else and listen to music, but you still are in the mix. You are in, you're contributing and consuming artistry mm-hmm. and putting back, putting it back in some way, but exactly. also doing things in this tactile type of way. You got to yeah. know how to, you know, fix shit. You got to know how to exactly. have this particular skill because it's just a given. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a given that you need to know a particular skill. Yeah. Uh, and just the gumption and the know-how and so gumption. many different elements they just like so interesting to me and I think gumption. that's what that showed 
um, in so many different ways. Yeah. Just in that one singular moment, just yep. to have the to be perception. Like, to be so aware of everything. Yes. In a split decision or a split moment. Definitely impactful. So impactful. And the Hippolyta episode definitely got me too. Um, this certainly did. But uh, for the sake of saying something uh, different. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, the uh, last episode, um, moments from the last episode kind of got me for sure when it came to just thinking about the whole scene between Montrose and and Tick and them coming to find out that Tick is this this hero. Yeah. That. Yeah. And that there's just that full circle moment of like, you had to be born to then save yourself. You had to, you are, and, and it was so, um, a metaphor to a certain degree Yeah. of like, only you are the one who's going to save you. Only yeah. you are the one who's going to pull yourself out of a certain circumstance. Only you are going to be the one who does the, the incredible thing. and extraordinary yeah. to change your, your, your current, your present. Yeah. And, um, that's how I seen that. That's how I seen that shit, bro. It was like, yeah. bro, like. This is deep. Like this is enough to make you cry just by doing what you was doing. Like doing, yeah. Because you he went in there with absolute confidence. He was like, I know I'm gonna make it out of this. Yeah. I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. Trust yourself. Exactly. Trust yourself and act. Yeah. And just that is what I seen from all that. And he completed the loop. Exactly. Being able to complete that loop of of purpose in, in his life and even all the way down to the last last moment. Last the last second. moment. Of what we know to be his life. Yeah. As a character, he really was so powerful and was so redeeming to so many sacrifices that came yeah. before him. Yeah. And uh, where it all came to a head. And if anything, created that shift. Yeah. Of, man, bear with me. Yeah. I might be on to some. Yeah, come on. Created this shift of where there was this um, very one. One singular gender being those who are participating in the liberation right. of all who are affected. Yeah. Before it was just Hannah. Before, yeah, it was Hannah and then and then um and her daughters and and granddaughter. Oh yes, yes. For them being the only ones involved in that. Yeah, yes. It took Tick being the one to to kind of flip the switch. Flip flip yeah, the switch. Yeah. Activated, if you will. Flip the switch and then get his whole family exposed and understanding. Yeah. And for then his seed to move on and do the same and, thing. And pass it forward, yeah. And, and the fact that it's now it's, it's it's now becoming a lot more balanced. Exactly. In terms of just overall, just a lot more balanced. And um, I love that. I love that as a depiction. I love that that was um, a truly beautiful moment to be uh, presented. Yeah, for sure. And... Um, yeah, and then we can we can just dive right into the uh, finale episode. Okay, one more there. One more Go thing ahead. that I loved: black women in rage. Mm. We got to see black women in rage, and 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 it wasn't oh they're crazy, oh they're bitches, oh they're you know animals. You know, it's it, all the rage was justified um, and empathized, and and I just loved seeing a black woman be like, I'm fucked up and I'm pissed. 
and I am mad. Yeah. And the period being there. Yeah. And there was no sort of need for, you know, oh, she crazy, or oh, she doing too much, or oh, she just being, you know, she just being a bitch, she just being whatever. No, it was like, I'm I'm mad, yep. and that's that. And multiple mamas. Letty with All the, the Letty with the yep. bat. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Ruby Ruby with the, with her boss. Yeah, Ruby with the boss, exactly. Ruby with the bride, uh, Marsh yep. Fields. D, <laughs> D saying, fuck you pigs, and everything that went on, you know, on with, on with D. Hippolyta, period. Hippolyta, yeah. period. Yeah. You feel me? Hippolyta, period. Yeah. Uh, they gave it to us. Exactly. Yeah. They gave it to us. They gave it to us, and I think it's um so moving for so many different reasons. But it also, like I said, it was I think it was a shift too. Yeah. You know, you have uh you have Montrose who now gets this second chance. Yeah. Yeah. At uh at raising another son and um one that came from his, you know? Exactly, yeah. It's deep. I think the men also were, were able to be nurtured yes. and, and were able to be vulnerable and tender and soft. And I feel like especially black men don't, especially within the time period, Oof. don't have the chance and don't have the opportunities to be tender and soft and vulnerable and yeah. open. And yeah. just like, I feel like all the men, Tick, you know, Montrose and Uncle George really got those moments um, yeah. To be like, hey, like, I'm I made a mistake, or hey, like I'm you know I'm human, or hey, yeah. like I'm this is an experience that I'm doing for the first time, and like I'm you know I don't know what I'm doing, you know what I mean? I feel like they all really had those moments. What do you think about? Um, so when it comes to the finale, uh, we come to a resolution essentially uh, that uh, a clear resolution of you know something major is about to occur. Um, if you've been following the show, you see that, you know, they've been kind of going back and forth with what they're sacrificing to keep losing things, feeling like yeah. they're taking steps ahead, but also taking steps back, yeah. trying to prevent the worst from occurring by staying as safe as possible. Um, and it just seems like everything just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Everything they don't want to happen keeps happening. Everything they, and then it starts to turn quickly yeah. in the episode where it feels like they're starting to get their way and they're starting to even the playing field to a certain degree. Yeah. By getting the book of names, obviously from last episode and but just being able to utilize it to save D very early on. Yeah. Um and, and, and essentially remove for the most part uh this curse that was was put on upon her. What do you think about um how they just Move the move the whole show. Just the pacing of the whole show, because I think it was just right. Yeah, it was just right at an hour. They got a lot yeah. done. Yeah, in that hour. But think about episode two. Yeah, and how episode two literally felt like the last episode. I felt like they could have ended it at episode two, and I would have been like, yeah. "Oh wow, okay." Like that was that was everything. That was good. Um, so I feel like the show, the writers, the producers, the editors, really did a beautiful job of like sh- streamlining everything together yeah. in a way that was just like. I, because even, I don't even know if you heard me, but I said, we got a lot of, t- like, we ain't got enough time for all of this. Like, we ain't got enough time to be having monologues and soliloquies yeah, I agree. in this moment. We got to get to I the agree. fucking I, shit because we got some shit to do. I was spooked. I was spooked that they was about to just, like, draw, just, the show was just going to stop. All of a sudden, we just, just left with whatever we left with. I'm like, what? Exactly, exactly. But they, I feel like they, I'm glad they wrapped that thing on up. But yeah. still, I was yeah. still just taken back. 
Yeah. Not so much of it. And I feel I feel like I feel <laughs> I don't know how woo woo this sounds, but like I feel very complete. <laughs> like with I it agree. all. I agree. Like I feel very resolute. I feel like full circle. Yeah. Um, like I'm I'm content with where I am and what it is and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I'm you know, I, I've yes, I have questions. Yes, I wanna like after this, I got there's a, a pot, you know, the podcast with, yeah. uh, with Shannon yeah. and Ashton C. Ford. I listen yeah. to that. And then there's this dissection that this girl, her name is Just Latasha, um, yeah. that yeah. she does. And I and I might have to sign up to Patreon because I got to I got to watch. Yeah, she gotta make that thing for Patreon. She said the smartest thing to do. It's there's so much, and I've like I love having this you know this conversation with you. Because yeah. It's just like I feel like there's just so much within this show. That it's just like uh, like I I want to continue to to talk about it because there's there's just so you know there's so much but I feel like as a as a finale I feel resolute in that you know I feel like I'm you know it, there doesn't need to be a season two like I personally don't need it I feel like there should be because there you know it's it's amazing but it's amazing but but yeah yeah my God it's um I love time I love things like this it makes me feel good you know. I, I imagine this is how white people feel a lot. <laughs> I'm about to say, when you got a thousand shows, you should feel this all Yeah, it's all probably, the time. they probably like, feel this way a lot, feeling very seen yeah. or feeling very uh, fulfilled yeah. by a piece of work that they've uh, consumed yeah. faithfully. Because I definitely felt that way for uh, Watchmen. I definitely yeah. felt that way uh, after watching Watchmen. Um, became a truly big fan of uh, Yaya Abdul yeah. Mateen. And uh, following him and everything, and he is currently my like style inspo. <laughs> like oh, he's yeah. like my he like I'm like I uh, need to yeah. dress whatever that he does. That's just all I need. That's to do. That's what I need. Exactly. That's just all I need to M, do. Because every every yeah, who Jonathan Major. Jonathan I keep, Majors. I keep forgetting his yeah, name. He be, yeah, he be styling yeah. too. He be styling too. And um, yeah, I got to get up on all my yeah. shits, on my new new hotness. But yeah, let's talk about. Uh, Essentially, just the overall points of the finale being this resolution. Uh, it came full circle in every way. You yeah. mentioned earlier how, you know, they gave us essentially a sample of everything that we've had pre- previously yeah. in this episode, which I think was a dope way to just circle it all back. Yeah. Uh, tell me, what do you feel about... Um, what I feel like is one of the biggest themes um, in this particular episode, and that's just, you know, um, understanding purpose or understanding what must be that we can't control. Yeah. You know, what do yeah. you think about that as a, as a, as a, as a through line, as an example of, you know, yeah, kind of, you know, it's going to be, to have what we really need, we have to do what we really, you know, yeah. may not even want to do. Yeah. Just because of the pain, because of the energy, because of the uh, the now added trauma that we're creating yeah. to just get a thing that's ultimately going to work out. Like, that was something that was so powerful to me uh, because I think that is truly what they mean when they say, you know, we don't get anywhere without, you know, some violence or broken eggs and yeah. whatever the hell they say. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, what do you think about that being a pretty much something they spoke to from the start all the way to the end? Yeah. No, I definitely um, feel like that's, that's, that's the case. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a, a, a strong, a strong through line. 
um, to see how someone can um, kind of push through in that way. I feel like it's it's, it's destiny, it's fate, mm-hmm. you know, for you to, to fulfill this prophecy, if you will. And I think that they said that in in the first episode of yeah. of this is you know your prophecy, prophecy, your lineage, things that have been carved out before you know before you even existed, really. And I and I feel like there was a tweet about how. Um, these niggas then went through multiple dimensions and did all these things and like the time space continuum wasn't fucked up. You know what I mean? You watch the butterfly effect and you sneeze yes. at the wrong time <laughs> and it's like, well now everybody in the world we live in, in in the Trump era. You know what I mean? Like it's there's there's little minute things that can cause a shift to where yeah. I feel like we're so this plan was so was so rooted, even though I probably said it like nineteen times <laughs> tonight. But I feel like it, this plan, this this destiny, this fate was so like needed and just in a way that it like we have to do we have to do the thing. Um, yeah, and, and I definitely feel like that that was a major um, through line through all this. And to add on to that, um, I definitely feel like the premise of like protection. Mm. the modalities of protection how we protect ourselves mm. is it harmful is it helpful damn um like what, Ooh, what these protections I gotta write that, that. <laughs> that is it boy that is it keep like, going but you think about you think about Letty calling on she she talked about you know she hadn't said have I walked through the valley of the shadow of death you know she, yeah, she that was until, the until time that she time had, had called you know that's the first time she called on it she went and prayed you know for for tick for protection, you know what I mean. She was hitting up Jesus, you know, like, hey, I need you. She was also hitting up the ancestors, like, hey, not even just in this in this last episode, but in the haunted house episode, she was calling on the people who had died in that house. I need you, you know what I mean. The Caribbean lady, um, there, I saw a lot on Twitter about, you know, obviously we see Caribbean and and you know people of the islands. Um, always says like these voodoo or witch doctors or things mm-hmm. like that, but I feel like homegirl came through. Like say what you want that about thing, her, it, it, it lasted. That X on the motherfucking door, you saw that at the end because you knew that's protection. That's still protection on this house. Still, you know what I mean. And I feel and like, it's unbreakable. Yeah, and I feel like as as black people living in the present time, as you know our African religions and customs that we had as an African people stripped of us, and we you know now rely on Christianity, Catholic. To, to get us to where we need to go. I feel like that that black magic, that African, you know, voodoo magic has been chastised in a way. And I feel like it, it was at least affirmed in this time to be like, you have we have to do what we needed to do to get to to help us. Even like Montrose um killing the indigenous intersex, you know, person. Um, and it's like, well, damn, whatever, you know, why would you do that? You know, we need to learn the words to get us to the book. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I had to do, I had to do what to protect you. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I knew that I, I can't have you with these beasts because I don't know what you're going to do. And that, that was harmful. Even as much as we loved Uncle George, the fact that he didn't allow Hippolyta to go on these things and, and go on these adventures because it's like, I wanted to protect you. But it's mm. like, you made me feel small. Mm. You know what I mean? And you didn't you didn't realize that you made me, you know, that you made me feel this way. And it's yeah. like, we as black people, we deal with all these traumas. We've we've done all, we've seen our, our, our prosperous neighborhood burn to the ground. We've seen people that we love hanging from trees. Like, we see us dying on our cell phones on a daily basis. We go through so much trauma. <sighs> We go through so much trauma, and it's like, well, I got to help 
I got to help my brother. I got to help my, my sister. I got to help my mom. I got to help these people. So it's like, what do I, I, I'll use the resources that I have to help you. But at the end of the day, that could hurt you mm. and stifle your dreams and stifle what you want to do. And, yeah. and I feel like it showed the complexities of protection and what protection really looks like and using the modalities of protection, whatever you have, whatever mm. you can do, whether it's calling on Jesus, calling on the ancestors, calling on this voodoo woman with the blood, calling on, I got to call on whoever I can because yeah. I need whoever I can get to get me to to be safe so yeah. I can protect you. Even even Tick was harmful, you know, in his sense of I want to protect you. I want to protect um, Jihad. I want to he- protect Letty. I want to protect these people. And it's like when Letty said, we didn't all died. All of us have died to protect you because you got something that you need to do. And I think to your point, you know, to your question was, I think we can look at the greater community of everybody in the sense of we all then died. Mm-hmm. We all then put put in the work and made sacrifices. Even Montrose, I sacrificed loving who I want to love in this yeah. world to be your dad. Because I had to be. But I was a shitty dad. Because I couldn't love who I wanted to love, and I was stifled and mm-hmm. hurt and drinking and, and coping. And, and I think it just shows the the complexities of black people and how we kind of, we got to do what we got to do and put together what we got to put together to get to where we need to go. But at the same time, it's like, we think that we, it's like, I have to do this to, to help the race move forward. But at the end of the day, it could be hurting somebody. Yeah, it could be hurting the very people that we want to help. Yeah, and so I feel like we need, you know, looking at that, at that, um, because that conversation between Uncle George and Hippolyta when she goes to see him in the in her episode, I'm like, if we would have had that, if black men and women specific, specifically talking about you know heterosexual relationships. If black men and women would have had that conversation in 1953, I feel like we would be in a different point. That's all, yeah. We would be in a different point right now. At least, least yeah, at least, at least, in, at least, uh, psych, you know, from a psychological and emotional standpoint, at least, at least, it, that would be great. Exactly. If the only thing we had to worry about is external uh, issues. Exactly. Mm. You said it, bro. That protection shit is. That is it. I wish I could have seen Rodney's face. That, that is was, it. Yeah. I, I wish I had a hat to throw. Yeah. Um, okay. um, but I, I think um, overall, I feel like uh, we've been making the case and making the points of uh, they sold us on this show immediately, but also handled it perfectly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I have no complaints anywhere. No. When it comes to this finale, when it comes to this entire show, uh it's it's all of that, you know. It's 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 everything that you needed in a show. It being complex, it being it being in a finale specifically, it being yeah. uh, very resolute in terms of it getting to a point. Uh, it being um, not leaving anything hanging mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, redeeming, uh, hopeful. Yeah. Because even though we lost... Like, that's the cliffhanger, is the yeah, hope of it, it Even though we lost, we still um, were left with hope. And I said... Yes. <laughs> before we turn these mics on, yeah. because I asked you, because in the end oh, of yeah. this, in the end of in the end of this particular episode, we uh, we lose uh, Atticus's character, 
Um, I, I saved it for the end, so you know, for people who, I guess that might have been a spoiler if we haven't already spoiled it enough. <laughs> uh, because Letty had Letty, um, they both told two different things, and but the same thing at the same time. Just mm-hmm. what roles they'll play in those. Yeah. Uh, and I think he was very well understanding that you know something had to occur for him to die. To uh, he had to die for something to occur that was bigger than him. Right. And um, I think he came to grips with that very quickly. Uh, I'm proud of the 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 writers and just this overall storytelling. Yeah. Um, a sacrifice of um, understanding, you know, how you know your purpose is just being where you are when you are, um, and what's attached to you is already destined and pre and predetermined, yeah. and we have to just walk in those paths sometimes, regardless of how much we want to be think you know want things to be different or not. I fuck with that. All I fuck with that all the way. Yeah. And um, that's what they delivered. I was towed up to see Montrose. Um, oh, that last part? That last part. Yeah. Just him knowing, like, nobody told me that this wasn't going to work in terms of him dying. Yeah. Yeah, I told me that if everything checks out the way it needs to, this is, what, this is how it's going to end up. Yeah. I'm still having my boy at the end of the day. Exactly. Because we fucking up whatever the hell she doing. Yeah. And, it, it, oh, I still don't have him. I, I still lose him. him. It, I would have never, I would have never. didn't work, you know. Because yeah. as you already expressed, when he killed um, the indigenous um, uh, intersex character. Yeah. Um, he was so prepared to do whatever. Uh, yeah. To prevent I, him from yep. dying. He, yep. he was so prepared for any single thing from prevent his son from dying. That was his yeah. driving force because that was his life. Yeah. That was his, um, his shield. Yeah. His protection. Yeah. Yeah. Because as he stated to him, like I needed to be a father. Right. To be a man. Right. In his eyes. In his eyes. Yeah. In his yeah. definition. And I think that's a that's very powerful time. during that time. And that's a powerful message. Cause he was like, I'm gonna yeah. stay. Cause Montrose is a, was a quote unquote single man. Yeah. Drunk. Depressed. Yep. Because of his state of being, he had to hide his lifestyle. Exactly. Um, it's a fucking shame. Yeah. And uh, just seeing how broken he felt, you know, in that moment and having to essentially, you know, be put into this very uh, funeral position. Yeah. Uh, this funeral procession position of him having to carry his son out with the assistance of others. Yeah. Um, but it was something that we talked about that came up in this episode mm-hmm. before we turned the mics on being the letter that Tiggs wrote. Yeah. He had an insert. He had an insert that was from, uh, uh, Alexander Dumas. Uh, it came from the story of, um, shoot, did I, did I keep it? Um, it came from the story of, is it uh, okay? I'm gonna pull it up now. Of uh, the county miss the uh, count of Monte Crisco, which is a book that uh, Montrose essentially uh, oh, was reading. Yeah, that was yeah. the connection, that yeah, was kind yes, of the, the yeah, that was kind of what he that was that was the full circleness, but more than it being the full circleness, that's yeah. not the part I really wanted to astonish you, right? On. Right, right. I asked you off uh, off mic, do you know who Alexander Dumas is, right? And you said, what. I do not. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So what makes this even more, even better, even doper? Uh, I'm going to show you what this man looks like. 
Um, okay. I'm expecting a very um, uh, Jean Baptiste Dusable esque closeness. That's what that's what you that's what you think. with like a Frederick Douglass. That's you, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yo, not Fred, that's not that's not bad. Okay, Fred so with sh- the side part. I'm gonna show them to you first, and then I'm gonna tell you I'm even more. With them women. Uh, <laughs> this is probably one of the most popular pictures of him, right here. Okay, that was he's got the Fred hair. Okay, he's kind of scary looking though. Is he? Is he? Is he white? Is he a white man? So I'm guessing the Dumas part, but I was also so Alexander French Dumas. Mix. Alexander Dumas is, um, I believe, actually of. Um, I think of um I think he came up in uh in Germany actually. Oh, okay. But I believe he uh cuz I think um essentially teach his own he he wrote he wrote uh he wrote Monte some of the most um uh, he wrote the Count of Monte's Crisco and he became famous for making all these particular uh things three musketeers all these different uh, things. He's okay, he's okay, he's okay. very 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 famous uh novelist but essentially is also credited with being the person to Essentially, uh, make widespread yeah. of the um, I think was it the Russian language or the German language? I can't remember. Mm. But he's a black man. He is. Oh wow, he Beethoven does. I mean, kind of not because it was yeah. because it. I, it's, Did it we was, know that he was black? At it was. That it time? was at that time technically yes. His mama was a Moor. Some. It, it, <laughs> you know what it was some to I that feel effect. I like somebody mama was a more. It was some. It was some to that effect. He, uh, yeah, French writer. I said, "What well, last name like Dumas?" Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. So I think I know what my last name is. <laughs> yeah, because obviously he was born in France and all yeah. of that. But and I can uh, tell by the hair too, because he yeah. looked like Frederick from the hair and Stephen Douglas kind of same kind of face. Yeah, but. yeah, and his mother, his mother was uh, African descent. And um, his father was from France, obviously. Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah, it was definitely a thing. And, um, yeah, it was Russia. It was Russia. Damn. So he essentially popularized the... Uh, Russian language. Russian language. If it wasn't for... Um, they essentially, you know, unofficially, I guess, give him credit for essentially establishing the Russian language okay. uh, for okay, what it was. Right. Because if he didn't if he didn't exist, right. then, they, then Russia would still be speaking French. Ah, that's what people. That's the correlation that people make. Oh, but the man is extremely significant. Okay, Alexander. Okay. He's extremely significant, and the fact that he's a black man is what makes it even hey, more we, of a, a brilliant erasure, thing. Because they they'll tell you otherwise. Yes, and I want to read yes. again. Tick's last word before we get to a point to wrap this thing on up, and that was because I think it's a beautiful fucking. And these are essentially the last words of. The Mont, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, uh, kind of like I think how he ends the, mm-hmm. the whole entire book. And I quote: "There is neither happiness nor misery in the world. There is only the comparison of one state with another. Nothing more. He who has felt the deepest grief is best able to experience supreme happiness. We must have felt what it is to die." Morel, what that we may appreciate the enjoyments of life. Live then and be happy, beloved children of my heart, and never forget that until the day God will 
ordained to reveal the future to man. All human wisdom is contained in these two words. Wait and hope. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. I tell y'all. That's wild. Just, it was, it's so much. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's so much. And I think just to make that into a, a cool way to just wrap it on up. And, and then the and it ended off with ended off with just that also very petty but sweet vengeance of yeah. D coming through, showing that she's good, showing that she's healthy, showing that she has this. Yeah. Fucking bionic, bi- arm. bionic arm squeezing the life out of yes. Christina because it's still a horror. Yes, this is still horror we're yes. at. Don't think, don't think we're away from it. Being able to give you this horrific imagery, I just fuck with it all. Yes, is D killing the big bad because in in all of this the seasons you think oh it's got to be you know um, the president um, AKA Fitz um, you know that's the big bad or. Yeah. That you know, it's it's these monsters, you know, that are the big bad, and it's really it's it's truly honestly Christina, yeah. Which that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But yeah. it's like Christina is this big bad, and that D is the one that kills the big bad. I think really shows a lot to the hope that we were speaking for earlier, which is like D killed the person, but it's just like this hope of the future, this hope of like this next generation, this next wave mm-hmm. to really. To really um, reconcile the trauma and like move past and beyond it, yeah. you know what I mean. And I feel like that's that's the hope that at least I had um, with it. Um, yeah, I think it's time to send it on. Send it on. It's time to send it on. So the send it on portion of my podcast for those who don't know is my call of action uh, portion essentially, um, where I would like to um, have you all interact with me, do something for me, because I'm going to do it too, all right? This show is um, essentially driven by our internal and external fears, and I want uh, to talk about that and wrap it up on that is I want us all who hear this, all who are in awareness of what I am saying right now, there's a certain personal fear that you personally would like to overcome uh, to talk about it to talk about what that fear is because more than likely we aren't alone tweet about it uh you can you know you can hashtag simply king and just we can get a conversation going um i just really want to know for me I think mine would have to be uh, my kind of uh, my fear of failure to a certain degree. I think that's the thing that kind of scares me the most in terms of failure. Yeah, Yeah. my fear of failure because I think um, I I feel like I've been uh, striving for uh, stability for most of my life and thinking. And thinking, but also having the um, the nerve to you know dream bigger, and put myself in position to be in a new um, space and place, uh, but still feels like I'm you know holding myself back in moments or being anxious and hesitant because I'm like, but it's, it's kind of cool right now. Maybe you should just be okay with what you have and yeah. and somewhat settle for something that you didn't say that that's where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. 
You didn't say that that's the end. You didn't say that that's all of this energy is for. You didn't say that because you didn't even plan to be here at this time. Exactly. You would have hoped to, this would happen even faster. So what is the personal fear that you have? I'm personally going to, you know, make sure I tweet about this as well and um, enjoying the conversation and ask you to join me as well. But um, tell me, Austin, before I send it on, uh, what is a personal fear that you actually would like to overcome? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and I think for me personally, um, similar to what I was kind of saying about Hippolyta earlier, I think it's this, this, um, this feeling that I'm not enough. Mm. Um, as I am, who I am, with what I have, with you know all the complexities of me, um, you know, as I enter in whatever space that I enter into, mm-hmm. this feeling of you know I'm not enough, mm-hmm. um, and I think that 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 is a fear, you know, having you know imposter syndrome and yeah. all these other things, yeah. um, and to think that oh I I have to have access to certain things or I have to have lived a certain life or have gone to these certain places to, to really kind of um, be validated in that way mm-hmm. um, but to to overcome that fact yeah. or not fact but overcome that premise um, and to say that you know I am enough as I am or I don't have to shrink myself in any of these rooms or in any of these spaces um and all that kind of stuff so that that's definitely something that i have learned from this show um or that i have at least recognized within myself while watching this show um so yeah that's something that i would like to send out i think we did it bro (laughs) yeah i think we did exactly what we set out to do and um, I really um, want to thank you. Likewise. For um, even um, agreeing to uh, do this, following through. I, I've had you up late. Hey, it's okay. For this, for this, I'll be up till 2 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? saying. And, and, and this is, you know, I'm glad I'm, I'm this is a quick, this is going to be probably my, one of my quickest turnaround type mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. And uh, I'm so for it. I'm so excited. I'm so uh, into just being a part of the conversation overall on what all of this show means and yeah. exemplifying yeah. and what this uh, can inspire. Yeah, you know, I think that's the part that's the biggest thing for me is what this can then inspire to others. Exactly. Um, the next person to write something, a novel of this of this magnitude, or a show of this magnitude, or just any similar theme, or just finding a way to complete whatever you may be working on, whatever it is. I yeah. just really want the most for that. Um, please share with everybody how to follow you, how yeah. to uh, support you in all the things that you do. And, uh, yeah, where I <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, give it to them. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Austin Sellers, two S's at the end. So A-U-S-T-I-N-S-E-L-L-E-R-S-S. Um, you can also be sure to follow Gumbo Media at Gumbo Media. Mm-hmm. Um, expanding the narrative of black life, uh, grab Gumbo Magazine issue one today. Um, also be sure to tap into the underscore corner store um, for all your 90s vibes. 
um, all your you know therapists, wellness, uh, black goodness needs. Yeah. Um, and last but definitely not least, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not least, tap into niggas who juice. Um, a ju- uh, juicing, you know, we juicing on Instagram. Um, talking about wellness, talking about um, black people getting that connection back to the earth and back to um, growing their food and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just that good stuff. Um, so at niggas who juice, um, spelled as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See all those uh, um, ads um, so you can quickly copy and paste. Yeah. yeah. In the description. <laughs> tap in, tap uh, in. In, <laughs> in the description uh, below in this episode. If you don't know now, you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, we're talking about uh, Stitcher. You can tell your Alexa, hey, Alexa, play Simply King podcast. Yes. And they got me on them. You feel me? Yes. Uh, your integration is everywhere. You can talk to me. You can hear me talk uh, to you on uh, Google Play, on uh, Apple Podcasts, and as well as on Spotify. I appreciate all, all of the support that I've gotten. Let's wrap up this year um, the best way we can. Yes. It's spooky season. It's some scurry shit. Yeah. I hope the most for y'all uh, in terms of how y'all are dealing with this current quarantine, how y'all are dealing with this you know, possible isolation and solitude. I'm still here for all those who want to converse on those things um, and just need support. The folks who are pivoting, the folks who have felt like they've gotten so much lost in this year and don't feel what the direction next we're going to make it. We're going to be fine regardless because we still are upright and here to do what we need to do. Um, I'm here to be forever a griot for a uh, great conversation and, uh, and just the black experience in the best ways. And I'm here, y'all. We're here. And uh, we're going to wrap up 2020 still optimistically. I'm saying that now and I'm going to say it for the rest of the year because we need to be in um, the best head space to come out of this Um on top which i believe is still possible um yeah yeah so if you can follow me everywhere at kings underscore memoirs follow the podcast at simply king pod on ig as well as in facebook simply king podcast um this is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans i'm rodney perry and this is simply king peace